Hi, it's Karen from See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. We're the podcast for parents with young children, and we know that life with kids is messy, but we're here to celebrate those messes, from spilled milk to emotions spilling out of little volcanoes. And you know what? We really believe in you. You got this, and you're not alone. I just want you to know a little something about your host. Karen Deerwester is an educator, author, and all-in cheerleader for kids being kids. Karen has been a corporate spokesperson as well as a reasonable and reliable voice for kids and parents in print and on TV on NBC, MSNBC, NPR, Parents Magazine, and many more. Best of all, Karen leads the parent-child classes right here at B'nai Torah Congregation of Boca Raton, Florida. Get ready for some fun, a ton of encouragement, and maybe a little inspiration. Today's podcast is on potty training, and we know there is not one way to potty train or one way for every child to gain mastery and control over their bodies and for every child to assume personal responsibility for where and when they potty. But we do know that every child does eventually master this ever-important skill, unless there's a medical reason not to. So let's talk about typically developing children successfully moving from diapers to diaper-free. The readiness, the temperament issues, and the puzzling together of all those physical, emotional, and social skill-building pieces. And let's talk about the role of the parent in that dynamic. I have two experienced moms at the square table who are very clear that the rules and strategies change for different children. Welcome to Amy Applebaum and Lauren Weintraub. Amy, can you get us started with what you know about potty training? Sure. Um, I have two very different kids. One is a boy and one is a girl. Um, I trained my daughter first, as she is five now, and with her, it was very easy. We were she was ready, um, and she was a very reward base. Okay. Um, with my son, um, he was not ready. We did it because he had a lot of diaper rashes, and the doctor said it was time. And with him, it was more of him. Um, accepting the fact that he had to go on the potty and that he was not going to go on the diaper anymore. Interesting. And what age were each of them? So, or did you like sort of start the process and finish the process? Um, we did it very quickly with both of them. Um, with my daughter, we did it at two years and ten months right before she started camp. That was important for us. Uh, and she did it within two or three days. Um, she mastered it very quickly. With my son, um, he did it at three years and two months. And uh, he took about two days to understand it, and he took about two weeks to fully master it. Um, and obviously with uh, the bowel movements, it did come a little bit later. Okay. Oh, I can't wait to get back to all of the nuances <laughs> and the details. And then, and you're also presenting something really interesting um, that we often don't think about, and that every so often there's an external motivation mm-hmm. to why a child needs to be potty trained by a certain time. And so that could be for those schools who want to say the children must be potty trained. Of course, we don't say that here. Um, but And then, again, with the diaper rash, if you have a reason why you want to move forward, that's going to create a different dynamic and a different pressure. We also on had a Disney cruise that we were going on. And a Disney <laughs> cruise. <laughs> <laughs> I so that was very important. Well, you don't have to be potty trained for a Disney cruise. To go cruise. into 
any of the pools you do. So, you know, if you want to get out of the splash area, it's important to potty train. So we gave ourselves a good four months before we went on the Disney How interesting. Cruise. Okay, so, so we have one mom at the table that's a planner, an organizer, and very systematic in terms of skill building. Awesome, awesome. I can't wait to get to the specifics. Okay, Lauren, tell us what you know. I have a seven-year-old who potty trained just before she was three because school was saying in order to earn, to go into the threes class, you needed to be potty trained. Um, and then I have a two-year-old who potty trained herself at about 21 months um, and has been cold turkey, no accidents, basically nothing ever since. Two very different worlds. One, I had to do a lot of coaching and a lot of persuas- persuas- persuasive Persuasion. Argue, persuasion, thank you. Um, a lot of reinforcements. And this one, my younger one, just took M&M's. She had never seen an M&M before, had never had an M&M before, and those mini M&M's worked miracles with her. Um, it was two very, very different worlds, but the motivation, one came from the outside, and one came from the inside. And the inside made it much easier to deal with, much okay, easier to conquer. This is so fascinating. So I want to go into a little bit more detail since Brooklyn is the newest to have been potty trained. Yes. And, of course, the youngest. Yes. Um, and I, of course, watched her where I was like, okay, here she is in transition <laughs> me. And, you know, she hasn't even been – she's going through big transitions in terms of her own social-emotional development. But she wanted to, to, to stop at the bathroom before coming into the classroom. She, she actually never – once um, in that hour and a half time ever need to go potty. I mean, she understood. She understood it. She self-managed. And then, of course, she had this deep motivation. Now, as the person who wrote the, the potty training answer book and the play school guide to potty training, I will go on the record to say I'm not a reward-based potty coach because I love the idea in that ideal world where children have the motivation, the understanding, and we are putting together wherever the readiness factors aren't quite as strong as the others. But building on, if they have physical control, how do we create the emotional desire? If they're so, if they have the social knowledge of watching an older sister or brother, how do we then help them to read their body signals so that maybe they can start managing the physical? Of course, if they don't have the physical control, if they can't stay dry for a couple hours, it's probably not a good time to even introduce it, even if there's a Disney cruise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But let me just say something quick about M&Ms, and then I want to come back to how you use them. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what I love about rewards is that they can be effective short-term um, because it's, it's, it's like I, I just need a little oomph to get over the hump. Mm-hmm. I just need something in a very tangible, concrete way as an early childhood body-mind person to, to make these connections. I support that. What I worry about is when people start using rewards, and you're a teacher, Lauren, so I know you can distinguish this and talk to this. Mm -hmm. There's a way of using rewards where it's a little bit manipulative by the teachers or the grown-ups or the parents, where it's like, I'm bribing you. I need you to do this. uh, and, And then what happens, because there's a weird emotional dynamic, is the kids are like, ha, ha, ha. I know you want me to do that. I know I can leverage you back. So M&Ms could turn into cars, could turn into trips to the store, could then turn into trips to Disney completely. (laughs) So... It's. I think you have to be a wise parent um, and an emotionally 
honest parent if you're going to use M&Ms or rewards. So let's hear first from Lauren, then from um, Amy on how you did rewards. The way I've always had a positive reinforcement chart for all types of behavior, working with mommy for my older one, for reading her sight words for 10 minutes when she was four years old, whatever it was, you did good work, I'm going to give you some form of reinforcement. I made a big deal with my older one about creating this reinforcement box and going to the dollar store and buying all kinds of motivators for her that would really make her want to sit there. And she never, she didn't earn a reward every time. On the chart, and Brooklyn has the same chart, there are smiley faces in periodic boxes. So you get a sticker every time, and when that sticker lands on a smiley face, you now get the additional reinforcement. Sometimes it's two smiley faces in a row. Sometimes we have broken smiley faces. You know, we have a smiley face, no smiley face, a smiley face. Sometimes we'll go four, no four boxes, no smiley faces until we get two double smiley faces. With Brooklyn, she was too young to really care about the sticker. She was sticking in her mouth, it was falling on the floor, it was going everywhere, and the little toys, She's distracted by it in two seconds. However, I'm the mom control freak that does not give my children junk food and or to the degree that they would like the junk food. So she never had any sweets before. So a mini M&M worked amazing miracles with her. And again, she would have the sticker and I'd show her how to stick it on. And then finally we would get to that smiley face. In the beginning, that smiley face was repeatedly. Then it became a little more of a challenge. So it was, I would get one mini M&M and we would talk about the colors and we would go into that. Does it taste? Has it taste? And we would see her crunch. And then finally it would start building. Now we had to go poop in the potty. But one M&M is what we get for peeing. So I had to figure out how to distinguish between that. And all of a sudden I go, all right, we're going to count to three. We're going to get three mini M&Ms. And I figured out over the course of a day, she got maximum eight Mm M&Ms. Said these eight mini M&Ms are not going to change her world, but it might change my world in promoting her Mm -hmm. to get onto a routine of going. And once that routine was in place, she stopped asking for the M&Ms. They went by the wayside. And now... We have our transition coming to school, and I'm using the M&Ms again as this reinforcer. But it was interesting how once she got into the habit herself, I kind of just backed off. And tell me how you introduced it, because now Brooklyn initiated it to you. I want to go on the potty. Explain, if you can, that developmental awareness and readiness that she presented to you before you created the plan. We are a very open house in terms of, I will honestly say, I'm going pee-pee, and she will come with me to the potty, and she will watch. She will watch Daddy go pee-pee. We, the bear, the dog goes pee-pee. We all go Mm pee-pee. So it was never this, you know, taboo, nervous kind of weird thing, what am I doing? Then I started to be able to hear her going pee-pee in the diaper. And you would hear it. Now all of a sudden it was like a gush of pee. I go, oh, are you going pee-pee? And she thought it was hysterical. And we started now acknowledging, yes, I hear you going pee-pee. Oh, you're doing, you're going pee-pee. Then we had a poop. She started moving away. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, you want your space? And we started talking about how when we poop, sometimes we want our space. We're going to read stories. So she would go in the corner. Now I'm reading a story. And that then transpired into the bathroom mm-hmm. of now we're going to sit on the toilet and we're going to read a story while we're doing that. Um, but we, we did a lot of talking about it first on her terms with the diaper on. Finally, one day she came to me. She just took off the diaper. It's wet. And I said, well, you know what? It is wet. That's not a good feeling, is it? And she said, no. I said, I don't like that feeling. We're, and I let her just go, no diaper on. I didn't put underwear on her. I didn't try introducing a new thing. When we were home, we were diaper free. When we go to sleep, we pee right before we go to sleep, and we put our diaper back on. 
And that became almost a weird habit of coming into the house. My shoes, socks come off, my pants and underwear, my pants and That's diaper awesome. are going to come off too. Because that the ability to have the time at home where where you don't have a ton of distractions, mm-hmm. where you don't have to where you don't have to wait 15 minutes to find a bathroom. Right. Where and and again, I support uh, I like building the skill at home rather than carrying the potty chair everywhere so so you're not just catching pee. But, it, again, you do want them to be successful once mm-hmm. you start traveling. And I do take the potty in that beginning time if I'm playing outside, and I, I do allow her to play outside with no underwear on, no diaper on. Yes. She's outside playing. I bring a potty with me. Because that hurry, 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 I have to hold it is a very hard thing to understand. Well, and it's just not fair to girls. Because boys don't have to wait. It's amazing. You know, it's, it's I mean, amazing. I will say, you know, they are so lucky when they're outside not to have to go find a potty. It's amazing. And, when I also, and then I want to come back to the... Um, when you introduce the M&Ms. Yep. But, it's, but I love what you've just described because in both my books, we call it the, the potty readiness, the potty preparation time. And I believe you want to create this positive potty environment for months and months before you have any expectations on them. Yep. You can start it at 18 months just in terms of when you're changing diapers, by putting a potty chair in the, in the bathrooms, but no agenda. As you said, it's, it's her in charge of her body. It's her trying to understand her body and that smile that like mom you are reading my body and now I get to be tuned into it is pretty brilliant and I tried as much as I can to give her language throughout so when she was on her own having to do it she would have the ability to say I have to go pee pee because I, you that's know, what I, gives her the power mm-hmm. of the mastery exactly. and the power of the of the control. Exactly. Okay. And so then to the so then, then how I did a through. We were home. It was a, I think it was a rainy weekend. We've been going through this. We're at home and we we have accidents. We do and we don't make a big deal out of them. Oh, we have to go clean it up. Now we're gonna still go on the potty. We're gonna try. And we we repeatedly did that. So she saw. Well, I still have to go to the potty anyway. So I might as well just go there. So that started happening by itself. And finally, I said, you know what? We're home. We're gonna do this three days. And I'm taking no more diaper. We're not putting the diaper on. I'm not taking it out of the house with me. Wherever we go, we're going in underwear. I did buy the heavier underwear. It allows them to feel that dribble first and say, ooh, I had an accident, and then change it before I'm wet, her clothes or wet, everything else is wet. Um, so when I made the commitment is when I started saying, okay, now we're not going back. I, we, are, we are potty training. Therefore, I need a reinforcement more than yay. So therefore, I said, look, when you go in that potty, mommy will give you an M&M. And I actually think she went first. And I took out this tiny little thing that I kept in my pocketbook with me of the mini M&Ms. And I handed it to her. She didn't even know what to do with it. <laughs> and she put it in her mouth. She's like, mmm. I said, so now when you go pee-pees, mommy will give you one M&M. So, of course, she tried the first day going pee-pee 1,200 times. Uh-huh. And I said, unless I see pee-pee, and that's the difference of an actual little you. potty versus a real toilet, I could see the pee in there. And it wasn't a dribble. It has to be pee And you can show her. Yes. Yeah. So once we have that pee-pees in there, you will now go ahead. And I put them in a place where we had a big sign up there. Her name was up there. There was a picture of a potty up there. So the visualization is there. This is what you need to do. And there are your M&Ms. are sitting right there for you. And three, that three days of being home, those M&Ms, sometimes they were probably given out more than they should have been. However, she started realizing the association. And I remember taking to the playground that very first trip out and being a neurotic freak that this child was going to pee all over herself, all over everything at the playground. And I think I took her to the bathroom seven times in the half hour that we were there. But ultimately, she did it. And I didn't go back. I did this. This is on you now. We're doing this together, but you can do it. 
and it is that sense of responsibility for them. And but it, but but the pride when they can do it, oh, and she smile. was so proud of yes. herself. Okay, so Amy, how did both of your children fit into those, to, to the rewards, to the... Sure. Um, well, real fast, I remember the first time that my daughter went pee pee on the body, her face, like, lit up, and it's still to this day, like, if I say, like, it's let's go potty. It's a beautiful moment. Yeah, it's it really still is. to this day, at five years old, if I say, let's go potty before we go to sleep, and she says, no, and I say, yes, we're going to go potty. Literally, her face lights up in that same way that she did when she there was two. There is joy. <laughs> to, to, I mean, there is joy right. to going potty. Well, and she reminds me every time Brooklyn reminds me of Miss Karen because every time she pees, she goes, "Do you hear it? Do you hear it?" And I just picture Miss Karen going, "Crunches. Do you hear the crunch?" And then she, "Do you hear it? Do you hear it?" But yeah. the, because it's it is magical. My body works, right. and that's what I want it to be. Is this pride and joy? Um, And sometimes your body sabotages you. And that's a whole different Mm -hmm. conversation that we can have if your children have had some regressions or some hurdles or obstacles where where poop hurts or pee-pee surprises you or a child that gets upset by by the pee showing up at a time when they weren't ready for it. Or I have to leave my my toys that I've been playing with or my friends that I've been playing with because I have to go pee-pee. That's a very, very hard. And that is one of those times that I do give M&Ms because I sit there and go, I know you want to play, yeah. but I see what you're doing and you have to go pee first. Or if you try to hold it and you can't, you know, then it's like, and what I will say to children literally is, oh, did your body play a trick on you? After they've been masterful for a long time, it's like, you didn't know the pee-pee was coming or you didn't, you know, and, and we talk to our tummies too. I mean, of course, yes. as, as as educators, I mean, I know you know, Lauren, that, that there's a magic and a fun to have with this, and it right. should be playful. Okay, so her, her face. Yes. Everybody, her face. everybody her face will have that moment. It was amazing. Um, but, you know, be, being that they're two very different kids, um, my daughter... She would go pot. She would go pee pee in her diaper, and her diaper would be so wet that like you would just see it sopping yeah. down, you know. And my son, he would go for five six hours, and he'd have a little bit of pee pee, and it was like nothing. So my mother used to always say to me, "How are you going to potty train your daughter? Like, how is this going to happen?" Um, so with her, um, we did M Ms. Um, we did minis for pee pee, and we did the <laughs> megas for pooping. <laughs> Megas for poopy. I love it. Um, she picked it up right away. I had no idea that I had such skilled planners in front of me. And she was so into the idea of underwear. Like, that we went to Target, and she picked out every pair of underwear that she wanted, and we washed them, and she was super excited. So that was her driver. It was not only the underwear, but the M&Ms. So whenever she tried, we did not give her anything. And then when she actually did go, we gave her mini M&Ms, and she had no problem. From the beginning, like I said, I think she was very, very, very ready. And we started it in... uh, Miss Stacy's class, um, every day they would put her on the potty for about two months, and they would say to me, she's ready, and I just, I, I there was something about it that I just said, no, she's not ready, so they would put her on the potty you, and get her ready. Can you talk about that for a second, because mm-hmm. there is, I mean, I think there's a lot of parents that feel this resistance and avoidance right. to, it was more, I, I was do, I don't want to do it. it and was, that's what I literally, was, I hear that all the time, yeah. I'm not ready as the mom. I wasn't ready, I'll well, tell what you. what kind what, of emotion, what, what, I, what's, well, your you why. what's your fear, what's your anxiety? For me, it was having, my kids were 20 months apart, so my daughter, when we were started a potty train she <laughs> was like let's see 34 months so my son was 14 months and he was just at that point I just said I want him to be able to walk because if he can walk he can stand and if we go to a public restroom he can stand up and I don't have to have him in my arms while you're helping while I'm helping my daughter yeah. and that for me was was 
my barrier. Okay. Um, so I needed I needed for him to be prepared for her to be prepared. Okay. So so um, hold your thought about mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, the the when you were that she was ready maybe yes. before you were ready. Yes. But what I want to say is I have this one classic is you could you know you can take time parents to come to accept the fact that you're going you need to make this commitment you need to invest this time because the joy of the mastery who you would never slow your child down for reading you would mm. never slow your de- your child down for any of those cognitive skills and yet when it comes to potty training it feels so messy so inconvenient okay. you know bathrooms will rule your life for six months at least um, you resist but when I, I my classic story is a little girl in the back of the car saying mommy do I have my underwear on or my diaper so I can <laughs> decide either to hold it or let go your child is, needs to be in underwear all the time because they are making that choice I feel it coming I know it's coming and I decide how to manage my pee and my poop That's well, our pediatrician had always said the pull up is a false is a false feeling because you don't feel wet and you right. need to feel wet to you understand to that that's totally and, you, and you're robbing them imagine for me as, a, as an mm-hmm. educator as a developmentalist that a child misses an opportunity to understand the functioning of their body. It's like not knowing your voice. Mm-hmm. To me, it, it's, it's taking away something so critical. And, and yes, you can do it you know, at three and a half and four, but to give it to them at two, two and a half and three mm-hmm. is so much more powerful. For them, it's, it right? is powerful. It is. Mm-hmm. And, and the whole thing, and I, and I do want to come back to power and potty training. Okay, so now, well, she well, was ready and, before and you were. In addition to that, I'll tell you something. We traveled back and forth to Maryland a lot that year and so I had to think about when it was going to be that I could potty train her that we weren't getting on the airplane for at least a month because I didn't want her to sure, regress sure, sure. and have to put on a diaper to go on the airplane when it was too early for her to do so. That was part of it for me. So the two reasons that potty training happens so much later for this generation mm-hmm. than for especially your parents' generation is complicated lives. It's true. You know, yeah. you do not stay home. You do not not travel. There is so much that you're juggling in terms of scheduling. And the second is diapers. Diapers and pull-ups because absolutely the diaper company have figured out how to keep children from feeling this experience because they can keep you in diapers for four years now. Okay, so back to readiness. Okay, so so that's my story with my daughter. My son, um, he... Well, how'd you make the, the difference sorry. from school? She was ready at school, oh, she was ready to, at school to when you were ready at home. So, when, so it was literally just timing. Um, I said to myself, I don't want her going to camp in a swim diaper. Like, I just was like, let's just cut this out. And I always had it in my head. And it's funny, my niece is exactly two weeks older than her, so we, my sister and I potty trained at the exact same time. We try to do things at the same time, if that's for whatever reason it is. So I wanted to do it in a two-week period where I knew that between the time school ended and the time the camp started, she would be ready. She wouldn't have accidents, and it would be empowering for her. So I waited till my son was walking, and my daughter was yeah. done with her dance recital and airplane rides and whatnot, and we weren't traveling for a while. And... Um, and then we did it, and she was beyond ready. So once you create the opportunity, once you make the decision to move forward and create those that experience for them, it will happen. Yes. Okay. So and I think structure allows for support because they yes. have the anticipation. I even said to Brooklyn's teacher, if you just get her in the habit of every time before snack, 
say we're going to the bathroom. Don't ask her. Just take her. You never ask a child. Don't ask. Do they They'll have to say go to no. the bathroom? They'll no. say no. They, they say no right. because no means I am, and they never. No, don't, do not ask them, do you no. have to go? Because you're just giving them an opportunity to resist right. and, and make a it's choice. It's not an option. It's not an option. Just, you know what? Sit on the potty. See if it's ready to come out. If that's it's right. not ready to come out, that's awesome, too. And you don't have to go. And yeah. you know, another thing with my daughter is that she wanted to be just like her brother. She wanted to still be the baby. She was. She had a hard time that's figuring right. out whether she wanted to be the big sister or whether to be the baby. So uh, in a lot of ways, pacifier, the diaper, like she got to still be on his level. Mm-hmm. So for me to empower her to be that big sister, to show him, and, you know, to be a role model to him, it was it was tough for her. So I had to, you know, do that reward. And, and I will ask everybody out there to please take the time to understand the emotions mm-hmm. um, that they're feeling. Because yes, siblings and new houses and moving all affect their emotional life and when they when they don't they, and I will also say don't say you're a big girl you need to go on the potty because right. if you have a young sibling you do not want to be big you you don't and it's just another reason to go yeah you want me to be big watch me not be right. big exactly. because you don't have the power to force them into bigness they have to come to bigness on their own so and she did, yes. great example of how how very specific potty training is and your depth of understanding and your relationships matter. Right. Okay, and now to your son. Um, so my son was not ready at all. Um, he, we definitely pushed him into it. You know, the do- we told him to the doctor, he had a diaper rash for, uh, for about a month, and they said it's going to get worse. It's only going to get hot here. It's only going to get warmer here. And, um, and they said, you know, he's a big boy. It's time. So we went straight to Target, and his, his thing was not M&M's. It was his cookies and cream bites that Hershey's <laughs> makes. I had to figure out what his thing was. And I was also hesitating because... His school had a policy that they only potty trained a few kids at a time. So they would they only wanted a few kids at a time that were in that potty training stage. So I needed to wait un, uh, until I had a little bit of a vacation. So we had Memorial Day weekend, and that's when we did it. And so he, at first, don't hold this against me, we gave him a cookies and cream bite just to get him on the potty okay. because he had such a resistance to the potty. Um, so and then he liked little games. We read about a thousand books, um, and we our method with him was much different than my daughter because she was more aware of her body. We had to count. We we had to keep him on the potty for about ten minutes, and then we would let him have a break. We had to keep him on the potty ten minutes, let him have a break, um, and we catch it. We would totally catch it with him, and the minute that we caught it with him. It was like an entire new world opened up. He mm. loved it. He loved it. He was so excited by the fact that he pee-peed in the potty. Um, How long did that take from the from the beginning well, of that Memorial Weekend? I sent my husband and my daughter out um, to Target, and they came home, and there were accidents all around the house for about four or five hours. Okay. It was terrible. Well, four or five hours? Four or five hours. We had that, too. It was that's, that's <laughs> it was not, terrible. That's, I don't, th- I mean. It, One day. That, did, that does not, I mean, again, that's a learning process. And he that's, had just been on the potty, and he would get up, and he would play with his toys. How typical and is that? How typical is that? Awful. But what you know is that they're holding it. Right. And then you have to create that connection for them. You did didn't put it in the potty. You held it right. so that they have that sense of awareness and responsibility. And I never got upset. And every time that he did pee-pee in his pants or pee-pee on the floor, I would take him right to the toilet and say, pee-pee goes in the potty. It's okay. Yeah. You know, we're going to learn from this. And I put him right in underwear. I tried yeah. to empower him with, like, these new Superman underwear. It didn't do he anything didn't for him. He Again, couldn't care less. child is different. But, but what I want... It's, so Okay, so 
By the end of that first day, he was proud? By, by the end of the first day, he was proud, but he did not understand it. Okay. I mean, he, so he does, we caught okay. it. But we would just catch it. We would okay. constantly so, catch so, it. So let me just, I wanna, what I want to do is just break down mm-hmm. all those readiness yep. factors. Because, so he's got some physical control. Because he's not, because he's because it's not just... It's con- power for him. It was power. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I'm not going to release it. Now, again, it's not defiance. I'm not releasing it when I'm on the potty. It's just, I'm holding. <laughs> and, right. and, I'm, and I'm making fists here at the table because we all know... If we put together the physical and the emotional of holding on and letting go, those are very complicated things. Don't trivialize them in children to just be about defiance. Right. So so he's feeling the power of mm-hmm. holding on. And I on. gave him a lot of water. And, and you, was, you do have to give a lot of water because it's cause and effect and it's understanding. So the chocolate helped with that, And the, the pride no. also <laughs> is I know socially and emotionally that mom cares about this. Mm-hmm. And you know, once your children are two, two and a half, they have this self-awareness of mom has opinions about my choices and my behavior, whether you like it or not. Yes, we love them unconditionally, but they know you don't like some things they do and you love other things they do. So he had the motivation because yes. he was like, I know she wants me to do this, but then he had the frustration of it not coming together. And then you had the routine, the predictability, the structure, and the, the the emotional calm yourself right. where you're like, I have this two weeks. I'm not rushing this. It will happen. And there's a trust that says, we will figure this out. We will we figure this out. Yeah. Eventually, we're going to manage this. And I want everybody to know you have to kind of hold that that hope because if you feel that frustration like today's a frustrating day I had six accidents it's not working then you will undermine the hopefulness and and the trust they then have for themselves and I had to send my husband out because he had that frustration he didn't have the calmness about it he said he's not ready let's not do this and I had to send him out because he was a negative again feel that doubt feel that second guessing once you make a commitment and I think this is a general principle of parenting you ha- even when you have the doubts, you have to stay committed long enough to reevaluate. Mm-hmm. So what I say in the book is, let's say you do a potty weekend, or if you don't have a weekend, I will say do two hours a day and do potty practice times. Right. What you want to say is if, if the whole weekend is a big bust, if it's an epic fail, then you look and go, wow. It didn't work for us this weekend. You regroup. You be proud of, of the time you had together. You be you be happy for the experience. Mm-hmm. No judgment. Try it again. And then you get to decide, do we try it again next weekend? Do we try it? Do we continue or not continue? But the, but this, the question is, based on your child's response. Right. So you saw him wanting now. Yeah, so. I mean, and it didn't, it didn't hurt that we bought him, like, a huge set of Hot Wheels and he didn't see it. <laughs> and so what I did was... Because every time that he was successful on the potty, I gave him a little tiny Hot Wheel. And that that was huge for him. The problem is, what is this, six months later, he says to me, I want potty train, Hot Wheel, please. And I'm like, no, they don't go together. Right. So anyway, um, so it took, uh, I would say, we woke up the next day and went straight to underwear, which he resisted. Um, and it took 
all day that day, and he finally started getting it. You know, we had accidents in between pee-pee time. So, I mean, it was it was a long road. And then uh, day three and day four were much better, and he, he started getting it, and he started peeping on the potty every 20 minutes. Then all of a sudden, it went to every hour within, like, a minute. But the poop didn't come. Okay. The poop, poop came in the pants. It does happen at the same time as Yeah, poop. and so I kind of said to myself, I'm not worried about the poop. If he poops in his pants, it's gross, but we're, we're yeah. going to be over it. It's fine. And the poop came, That's I know this is another story, the poop came about, I would say, a month later. And that's, and, and again, you're describing this as frustrating mm-hmm. or as um, challenging, but your timeline is not extreme at all. I mean, Especially between for a boy a, and a girl, too. Between, yes. Because the idea of it happening within two weeks and the poop happening within the month, that and, and the poop has a lot to do with, with physical regularity, the texture of the poop, all of that. Right. And then, of course, there is the plopping. You know, <laughs> plopping <laughs> onto a toilet is a whole different deal. It is it a is. different kind of letting go. And, and one dad, um, when I had first, uh, I was doing a video for a TV show, and the dad said, no, no, what I did with my daughter, because she hated the splash, we dropped the Hershey's Kisses into the toilet <laughs> so she could feel the splash when she could anticipate it versus when it would surprise her. And then you got the whole Mr. Rogers thing, that it feels a little bit like I'm losing a body part. You know, that that it's like, well, this is part of me right. that's like coming out of, you know, it's it's all very complicated from a child point it of took, view. I don't know what, what happened that it finally clicked for him. But all of a sudden, like, he did it a few times in a row, and he never looked back. So well, I'm I, not sure what I, I think I picked two fabulous guests today because both of you were true potty partners. You took leadership. Um, and for anybody out there that has your temperaments and your interest in investing in the process, you can be successful you know, at an earlier age, because you make the potty, you 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 are partnering with them to be successful. Mm-hmm. For the parents that are, and 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 what happens is there are parents that are out there like just waiting. I'm just going to wait till my child's ready. I'm going to wait till my child's ready, and that works for easy children that come up and go, okay, I figured it all out in my head. Now let me show you, and 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 that happens very quickly. But very few children in the world are that easy and so I do think that everybody that's out there potty training has to make a commitment at some point in time so I want to get to power struggles because while I don't think that there's one way to potty train I think there's a million ways based on age and children and I mean even there are young children and the whole idea of diaper free babies where parent and child you know has physical cues with the shh shh and a baby will pee. I mean, if you want to live diaper-free or you live in a culture that is diaper-free, you can potty train with a baby, mm-hmm. but you have to be, it's its parent and child doing this together for a year. Uh, and then you could be very, I'll wait till he's ready, I'll wait for the click, but I believe it's a mistake to do that without creating the language, the experience, the structure. the immersion mm-hmm. and the structure. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I want to talk, but I, but I think when I wrote the books, the first thing that I realized that blew me away, because I was like, oh, yeah, 
potty training. We do this, we do this, we do this. We make it developmental. We teach skills. We fill in puzzle pieces. What I realized is it happens at exactly that stage in development when children are trying to exert enormous power. And so if a parent overmanages or can't walk that tightrope, because yes, you are leading. Yes, you are potty partners. But if you overstep the bound, then the resistance and the withholding gets to be really stressful um, because ultimately children control their bodies. So if your child wants to be defiant, um, if your child wants to be resistant, um, potty, is, potty is a real good place to, uh, to exploit that. So tell me about how you managed the balance between what you could control and what you couldn't control. Um, well, like I said, my kids are very different. So my son, it was a power struggle for the first two or three days. Um, and I hate to use the word, quote unquote, break him. Like, I felt like I needed to break the routine for him. I needed to break the idea that he felt like he was the powerful one. And I felt like I had to teach him that that I was telling him that it was okay to go pee-pee on the potty, that we weren't going back to the diapers, because he asked me to go back to the diapers a thousand times. And, and let me just try to try, reframe that yes. for the breaking is... Um, it's it, a hard word. It, but I, but, but, and, and it's the thing that parents will get tripped up with mm -hmm. because you don't want to be in an unloving relationship yeah. or, um, an, or an, ex, an overtly powerful one over your child. Right. So, so the way I would just reframe it is when you were giving signals and instructions and advice from your pediatrician, from the world, from mm -hmm. the school, saying this is how to do it. Right. Uh, they're saying we see all this, all this evidence and and reason to go forward. And parenting is about doing a lot of things that don't feel good in the short run. Mm -hmm. What I would say is focus forward. So, so what you're focusing on isn't the I I I'm going to force you to do this. It is. I believe in you. Mm -hmm. I know we can do this. I am on the same side as you to help you, but I'm eliminating a couple of the options here. Right. And and what that is, and, and that is focusing forward to, you know what, however we get from point A to point B, we're saying bye-bye to diapers. Right. We are saying yes to the potty. And and that is, so, so I think it's just how do you embrace the positive part of it through the struggle? Right, and my son is a, Everything in his life is very habit-forming and routine. So a lot of what I have to deal with on a daily basis is just breaking the routine. So for him to go in the diaper, that was routine for him. So I had to, quote-unquote, break the routine, yeah. if that makes any sense. Yeah. My daughter never had any power struggles until she was having trouble in school last year with separation and everything like that, and she was seeking attention. And all of a sudden, at four years old, I find PP on her floor. There you go. And I'm like, what is this? And, and I thank you for her. saying it because every kindergarten teacher in the world knows potty accidents continue mm -hmm. into kindergarten. It was only power. That's all it was. But, I mean, it but was. It, but, it's, but it is part of that childhood struggle and, and the growth. So, right. go, so she did not, I mean, she never had an accident from the time. I mean, sure. we took, you know, you have to send in the t shirts and the shorts into the classroom. Never, ever, ever used it once. Still have not. So two years later. So two years later, I find PP on the couch. I'm like, what are you doing? And she, and for her, oh, I went PP by, oh, you know, by mistake. And I was like, 
And I had a talk with her. I mean, she's four, but she's going on 24. So I felt like I could reason with her and say, what really is going on? I know you do this for my attention. So my attention is You here. could say Let's, that to her. She I can say it. And she understood. Okay. And so we talked about it. And then she did it again. Um, and it was really just there was so much attention on my son that mm-hmm. she needed the attention on her. Yeah, and she yeah. was going through so much emotionally. We moved last year. We had some issues with separating. Um, so for her, that was like, hi, I'm still here, and yeah. I need your, your eyes on And me. thank you for putting that reality on the table because, you know, I do believe that once you start potty training, once you finish potty training, you're not never you're not done um that it can come back in many forms i mean it could come back for medical reasons for dietary reasons uh for stressful reasons for change reasons so thank you thank you thank you and i think that your kindness your compassion and your emotional connection shows everybody the way through we had the opposite where my daughter my older daughter started holding it and refusing to go and ended up in the hospital with a severe bladder infection overnight in the hospital how old was she she was at four. Thank she you. was four. That's, that's um, and it ended up where, to this day, I'm the same way. She does not like public bathrooms. Mm-hmm. And Brooklyn does not like public bathrooms. Just having her transition to using the bathroom at school was a major ordeal, ordeal for her. Um, but she ended up holding it and holding it and holding it. And that's when the it clicked in my head that I need the routine because I'm routine with everything in my life. I need the routine with the potty as part of my life so that she doesn't have the option to hold it. I can't wait for her to tell me. We're just going every single time. So now every single time before you go to school, you're going. I don't care if you just peed right when you woke mm-hmm. up 45 minutes ago. We're going. Um, before bed, I don't care if you just peed. We're going again. And it's it's that habit. This is what we have to do. And I also make sure I'm very cognizant about the amount she's drinking mm-hmm. because they do go together. You know, if, if she doesn't want to be going to the bathroom, she's not going to be drinking. She knows that. So at school, I had to tell school, you have to get on top of her. She needs to be having three of these waters a day, and you need to be taking her. It's not a choice. So over the four hours that she's there, she should go at least once. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's that's not a lot in my head, holding it for two hours. But Brooklyn will now do the same thing. In terms of pooping, I have to be very cognizant of her diet. Because the dairy, the dairy will will make hard yep. constipating poops. Yes, and so during that potty training time, I think. One of the things that is always assumed is when we say potty training, it's cold turkey. Like, yes, all of a sudden your child pees, poops all day long, all night long. Everything is just done. It's a process that gets you there. So when we came to focusing on pooping, I I purposely, I'm in charge of her food. I softened her food. I gave her less binding foods, more fruits, that kind of stuff. She was not aware of it, but it made going to the bathroom easier. And so that became a new habit and a new way of doing it. And we also make sitting on the potty a lot of fun. Sitting there reading books. We have all of our whole book basket sitting there. She's holding a book. I'm holding a book. But now we've gone the other way because we go to the bathroom every night before we go to bed or before nap, where now I'm going to manipulate time. Sure. And I'm going to sit there for 15 minutes if I can, telling you I'm still pooping and there's nothing coming out, but really I don't want to go night-night. Right. right. So smart. <laughs> it's so nuanced. It's all so nuanced. Yeah. So there's two points I want to make based on what you just said. Oh, how did you, how did, what happened after 
your daughter came home from the hospital. After she came home, she actually was so traumatized. By, she was so dehydrated in the hospital that drawing blood, everything was such an ordeal that she realized, if I don't drink... So you could say that. Yes. When you don't drink, when you don't pee and poop, then, then you'll get sick. This is what happens. Yeah. This is why we have to go pee-pee. And when she... I mean, to this day, she remembers it at nine years old. Yeah. So when I bring up, you haven't gone to the bathroom at all. Mom, I'm okay. No, you're going to the bathroom. Remember what happens when you don't? Yeah. And she does. It's your job to take care of your body. It's your job to make sure... And again, that's why the Everyone Poops book is so good, yes. but in, in different versions. But it's like it's your job to eat and drink so that your body can be healthy, to can grow, it can take what it's need and get rid of what it doesn't need. Yep. And all of that science is so valuable. Mm-hmm. Now, the other article that I posted on Facebook um, was about that this is very much about parents as it, as it is about children. And both of you are committed, involved, organized, structured mm-hmm. parents. For the struct- for the unstructured parents out there, no, you have to do this your way. We will never turn Turn them into you guys. Um, that's okay, but you still have to know your strengths, know what is hard, and know what your child needs from you, so that you can create potty plans and that actually work. It's frustrating for everybody. It's so frustrating. But it's more sticking with it and reminding ourselves that even if we have an accident, we're going to learn from that accident. Absolutely. And the self awareness, and, and and in the potty training answer book, it goes through parent temperament and child temperament, readiness, styles, lifestyle. It it I you have to customize this to work for you and you can't do it anybody else's way but you have to also find out how each child's needs shape this the other thing I want to say with public bathrooms because I think this is you know me I love photo books <laughs> you know what if they hate public bathrooms you give them a camera you get get those cell phones out and you take pictures of every bathroom you go in and you make books about all the different ways but it's it's you Mom know loves public bathrooms I mean she wants to go in I, and see what I kind of love them too what kind of what kind of mirror? What, what kind, kind of, of lighting? Have. Oh, you know what? She and again, it. as for all you reading teachers out there, it's same and different. And all you I want to say is, don't touch anything. Don't touch anything. Don't touch, touch anything. Count the stalls. How oh. many sinks? I mean, it's, I can have gross. a bathroom party every time. <laughs> so you know, photo books, photo books, photo books. And again, it's a scavenger hunt. It's putting them on a mission. It's making it playful. Unless you hate bathrooms, then I can't help you. I'm using elbows. <laughs> you know, anything. I should say one thing that I will say when we. Did did finally get out in public. Um, my son wanted to touch everything, and that was very difficult because, you know, you're telling him, don't touch the toilet, don't touch the flusher, don't touch the sink, and then you're trying to wash their hands at the same time. So it was a very hard dynamic, like, the not touching, but yet being clean. You wash know? your hands, wash your hands, touch everything, and wash your hands. <laughs> touch mommy's legs. Just hold on to mommy's legs. Don't touch, don't touch, just hold you on to legs. I, I'm the worst when it comes. I mean, I believe in hand washing, but I also believe that none of those germs are going to are, are going to really seriously hurt Thank you. Thank goodness for my potty and my trunk. That's all I can say. I'm not, you know, I'm not a fan of that. And the policeman that likes to stop me and make sure I'm okay while my child potty. is pooping I in the trunk of my car. I got you. I got and again, we all have opinions, we all have styles, and, and we're all different, and we have to celebrate who we are in this. Let's do our wrap-up. I love you guys. I thank you so much for sharing your stories, your wisdom, your experience. How have you got this, um, knowing that you've potty trained two children? I feel very empowering, honestly. Like, I feel like the thing that, that was so wonderful to me was I felt like I knew my children. Like, I, 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 even though they were very different kids, and maybe one was ready and one really wasn't, I feel like I knew what I had to do to get them 
to that place. If you come, if you can come through this with that, mm-hmm. you've. Co- I mean, that's all you ever really need to take from any parenting challenge, struggle, hurdle. Bravo. Lauren. I think for me it was the reinforcement of seeing the satisfaction on their faces when it was accomplished. Mm-hmm. When that first moment and then when they finally had it all down pat and they could go into school and talk about it. I go pee pee on the potty and go share with grandma. They go pee pee on the potty. That is such a fun experience to go through with them and seeing that satisfaction. It's probably the first obstacle she's overcome or either yes. of them have overcome themselves in their life. You know, the bottle was me taking it away. And all those things, it's mommy doing it. It's true. This it's is, true. This is, you it's did this. It's, it's true. It is one of those first landmarks. And so I love that. I love your stories. I love that you did it. I love that you honored that. And what I want to say is for everybody out there that's hiring people for, for potty training, I know sometimes you have to reach out, but the value of doing it yourselves, the value of go, taking this journey will prepare you so wonderfully for all the more complicated things things yet to come. Bravo and thank you so much. So that's the mess for today. We appreciate you listening to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. Seeing little people learn and grow, listening to parents taking a crazy, uncertain journey, loving the fun and loving the mistakes. You write the rules, you write your story. We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Oh, 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 wait. We're growing too. So if you had a great time today, please spread the word to a friend. You can also join our conversation on Facebook. That's with Karen Deerwester. And there's great parenting resources for you at www.familytimeinc.com. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this lovely space. Thank you, David Dweck, for that sweet voiceover. And thanks to The Front and the Follow for the song Listen. We are listening. Thanks, everyone. See you next week.